I saw the whole deaf and dumb school healed en masse. And I turned around and I saw their teachers crying because they'd lost their job now. Joy is actually a skill. Contentment is actually a skill. These things come out of maturity. I would say to my younger self, there is a life available for more joy and more meaning and more adventure and more satisfaction, but it's a life that you cannot get independently. Welcome back to the Ansons Mobile Studio. We are on the road, both in this podcast recording and probably when this podcast releases. Yeah, actually... We're on the road because one of the vehicles with which we were on the road was just towed. But fortunately, we have a mobile studio for eventualities like this one. A pretty funny setback uh, relating to a photograph we needed for the upcoming hard issue and uh, a stage three fire ban in Hard issue meaning the print edition of the magazine that we're working on. Exactly. It's going to be really awesome. This is sort of the first time we're telling you about it, but <gasps> listen, audience, and Sons Magazine, the online phenom and undoubtable homepage of your desktop browser <laughs> is going print. Now, we're not shifting to like a you have to subscribe. The we're first, them anthology. Uh, yeah, the first ever yearly anthology of new articles and what we consider our best of, except they've all been reshot, re-illustrated, and had the, had the author sort of retreat the text so it's going to be this beautiful sort of coffee table quality uh, magazine heavy thick cover of the Ansons content new articles and it's going to release in august it's yeah, coming right end of august more details on that will be coming but that has been something that we've been working on this summer and sort of set us up today to be on the road and then off the road because of a transmission and thinking about something that we mentioned earlier this summer, Blaine did an episode with John Dale and Justin Lucas-Savage on summertime tactical ideas, motivations, things that they were thinking about and having postures of as they entered the summer. Well, we are smack dab in the middle, if not over halfway through, depending on your calendar. Much of society is still ruled by the school calendar. Personally, I like the, the college summer because it's three months. And uh, for those of you not still in grade school or parents of kids in grade school, um, summer is maybe over halfway done. And that has a certain feeling about it. So we wanted to revisit the subject because in conversation we realized, yes, it's all about posture. Yes, it's actually all about the life of the student. And there's a lot of things that we've sort of picked up that are extremely simple and approachable over the years that if we could sort of wave a wand and apply these tips and activities to everybody's summer, we think the world would be a better place. This is sort of the, it's not too late episode. We are in the middle of summer and what are some things uh, that are super basic, that are extremely practical that we do to create spaces, sort of micro things that we do to create space for joy inside summer. Yeah, this episode is almost a fight against the agreement of it is too late, which applies to so many different things. Um, it comes against our finances. It comes against how we feel about our walk with God, our physical strength, our relationships. There's that kind of nagging feeling of, oh, I'm just behind. It's too late. And 
this isn't summer tactical revisited. This is right now it is summer and looking through the lens of fighting the it's too late feeling or I'm behind to right now, what are some ways that we fight that? So I've got some pretty easy ones because the worst thing about summer is that it's hot and it's also one of the greatest things. It's one of the great uh, things. Climate change is real folks. Em and I like winter and uh, how to not be hot is sort of one of the driving quests, one of the driving questions of my existence. So in summer, I have to do a lot of things. And also as people who are interested in, you know, physical performance and the body being incarnate, it's also true that being hot artificially elevates your heart rate, does all kinds of other things to your brain, and you should not be hot all the time. You will not enjoy your summer as much. So if you want to be super like me, a.k.a. Uh, sort of uh, down-home down problem solver, then what you need to do first is to start using a variation of the swamp cooler and just fill a five-gallon bucket with ice water and then put a fan over it. And then it's the... This know, is so, so redneck. This is so awesome. This obviously doesn't work. This, it works. It works so well in rooms that are pretty small. Is this like a tip of leaving your refrigerator door open and it'll cool off your apartment? Yeah, I wouldn't actually recommend that because most refrigerators, even if the door is open, would heat up the apartment because of, you know, the way a refrigerator works and the heat goes into the floor and then like put your hand on the floor in front of your refrigerator. It's probably very hot. Uh, No, this is like, can you cool your room a couple degrees uh, in a way that's meaningful? Can you cool your office a couple degrees? It's a Saturday and you're just reading at home. Put one of these contraptions in front of you. You will enjoy reading infinitely more as the cooler air is, you know, subliming off of the water. You have this colder vapor as the ice is melting and then it's getting caught in the air and then it's blowing, lowering the overall temperature of the room very slowly. It is awesome. (laughs) This is amazing. This is from the posture of like the heat actually can build up this lethargy and this kind of malaise and it has been a particularly hot summer. And so I know I feel this sense of kind of helplessness here in Colorado Springs because we don't have a body of water. We don't have a river. We don't have a lake. We have reservoirs, which we can't get in because we drink from them. It's one of the major failings of the city. There are, there are a few failings. This is probably my personal biggest failure. And one of the ways that we've been fighting it has been kiddie pools. Like, okay, I have the excuse of having a one-and-a-half-year-old daughter who, like, wants also to get into it. But it's for you. But it's also for me. I have so enjoyed, like, getting in it, filling it up with a hose, and it costs five bucks for this little plastic tub. It brings so much joy and has such a low barrier of entry. Luke actually wrote an article on this, I think, two summers ago. So for those of you that don't have kids, it was, like, still fairly socially acceptable. Maybe this was kind of in the redneck category too, but he and his buddy bought kiddie pools, filled them up, grabbed a six pack, and then just hung out soaking in their own private baby pool. poor man's pool. This is actually uh, a very helpful thing when you think of the fact that, you know, when you're in a rut during the day, the day has one kind of quality and it's hard to get it to turn that corner into something else. This applies to the day at home as well as the day at work where you're not totally sure how to sort of get your mind on a new track or change, you know, the overall feeling of your afternoon. Besides, you know, the things that we've talked about before of 
yes, engaged prayer, yes, uh, some kind of situational shift. The single best physical thing you can do is like some kind of phase change. The big and sometimes irritating dogs of human performance in the form of Tony, Tony Robbins type characters all have converged upon and now swear by when you need to get going, phase change your body. Either heat way higher than normal in the form of a sauna or cold way lower than normal in the form of like an icy pool. And you can have your own cold plunge. And funny thing, that in the rebuilding of the old USA hockey building where the the Ransom Tower office is, somehow like a, there ended up being a shower downstairs. It's awesome because I can use it during my lunch break to take these lightning quick, like three to five minute icy showers that totally change my afternoon. So the kiddie pool is not just for cooling off. It's also a day-defining intervention. Also, if you're sort of with an irascible friend, who's having a hard time and you are having a hard time getting your day going and you can't go jump in the lake, you can be like, get in that water right now. There's been more than one occasion on a big Ransom Tarp project, like a film project, where we've been like, okay, everybody into the river, whether or not you want it, you're gonna, everybody's going to sit in the water for two minutes and oh, we're going to come out gosh. as new men. We are like, believe in God again. Yeah. It's so, it's so funny, but it's so helpful. Sometimes you might think that you have low blood sugar or you really need a beer when actually you're just too hot. So use a weird swamp cooler uh, when you are having your evening meal. Cool off the fam and yourself. Have a kiddie pool. This is one that is very, very small, but that everyone should know. So, Blaine, what I love about some of those is that they are addressing very practical things, but they also have a very low barrier of entry. I do want to kind of skip one of the practicals and we're going to come back to it. But I want to address this point that is like simple things can have more joy than you think. It does not need to be extravagant. I know when I think of summer trips, vacations, I think of climbing 14ers or going backpacking or taking the kids camping or even doing like an outing to this river. And they all have so many hurdles in them that stop us from getting anywhere close to even beginning to do them because it's well we got to get this food and we got to get tents and we I mean we've got an hour and a half long drive at least and our idea or at least my idea of what will bring joy begins at like 10,000 feet metaphorically speaking instead of just what's right outside my door and yet when I am able to shift my mindset into what's simple what's going to be easy what's accessible that can actually have a lot of joy it's not too late. It's not too big. It's not too small. Whatever the thing is that's getting in the way. Like, there's a little creek in town. It's a creek, so it does not count as a body of water, but it is a trickle that flows through. And to go and, like, get nearby it or go for a walk in town or just right around our neighborhood. We've, My wife and I have gone on walks in our neighborhood four out of five days of the week. Like, it's been awesome. And that is a huge motivator and posture change that has been, uh, not I'm going to use huge again, but has been really important for us this summer. I love what you name there, that joy is actually a present moment activity or a present moment experience. And being able to enjoy something is totally uh, connected with being able to actually return on purpose to the present, to be... Uh, live in the present in the moment in front of you which is a skill which you know it's sort of popular in the I don't know self-help world right now and especially in the kind of 
no, I don't know, like betterment via yoga and meditation and that kind of thing. But the idea is mindfulness of, yes, it turns out that people who are most engaged with the present are actually have like the largest capacity for happiness because joy is something that occurs by returning to the present in the moment you actually occupy. And there's tons of opportunities to practice that over the course of the summer versus only always looking forward to backpacking or the road trip to visit a friend or whatever the larger thing is versus going being motivated completely by hedonism i'm gonna take this evening right in front of me and you know take a lap around my neighborhood like hike the low hill just to enjoy the feeling of a summer evening all of those things will increase the capacity to enjoy the summer which will make you end up enjoying the summer anything that you can do that returns you to the present moment is to be prioritized especially in a season like this one Okay, so maturity gives us a transition into another hack invitation possibility with some disclaimers in case you haven't noticed. Yeah, we actually, we talk about this one with our sort of circle here um, pretty often. It's, and it is because it relates to money, therefore it relates to everything in the human heart because money happens to be the thing that Jesus talks about more than anything else. So obviously the stakes are high, but what we wanna say by way of disclaimer for this one is, when it comes to being able to prioritize your money and use your money as a tool that advances you uh, towards the things that you love, there's some basic things like knowing how your cash flows work and understanding what a budget looks like and living within your means and then understanding that you can actually live beneath your means pretty effectively. Those are all steps that have to be in place for this next one. So we'll just say, if the thing right in front of you is actually uh, to learn about the application of money towards obligations, aka a budget, or the application of money towards priorities, start there. Like We have a podcast with Jesse Meekum, the YNAB founder that would be one to listen to, in an Anson's article, we recommended reading Ramit Sethi's book, I Will Teach You to Be Rich. Sort of a gimmicky title, great content. Start there. And then once you advance to the place where you're spending as much money as you have, uh, it might be time to think about the kind of travel hacks that are available for you in things Dot, 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 credit cards. I know, right? Um, I love how many disclaimers we had to throw up before we could even say the words. Because everyone immediately goes to Dave Ramsey, who very wisely wants to get us all out of debt, tells people to cut up their credit cards. You only spend what you have. You snowball towards your debt to get out of it. Like th- These are all wise things. Now, that being said, there actually is a lot of opportunity in maturity with credit cards. If you are able to spend what you have towards the things you've already budgeted towards, you can actually still live within your means. You just use them like a debit card. You always pay them off. You never carry a balance. There's, there's all of these very wise ways of using them. Um, and truthfully, we live in a world of this annoying thing of a credit score, which is like some sort of magical made up game that no one is that allowed to see. That rewards you for being further in debt. So it's, it is a corrupt metric we have to name. Uh, yeah, right. That being said, Susie and I are flying, going on three different trips in the next six to 12 months, and all I'm paying is the taxes. 
because of the credit card sign-up bonuses, the points, and then the slow accumulation of said points on those credit cards, I get to apply those towards flights for a family of four three different times, and all I'm paying is taxes on that, you guys. Like, just... That is a possibility for maturity. I, we're going to get emails for this. We're going to get people being like, blah, blah, blah. You don't know anything. And for those people, we can actually name that I actually have close friends, one of M's best friends in the world, incredibly, some of the most mature people with managing their money that I know, who simply also choose that they don't want credit cards because they don't like the concept of you know leveraging debt to get something that they need. And totally. I go, that's totally legitimate. I think that, you know, for me, in sort of the economics education, I just at a certain point had to acknowledge we're almost too far gone for that, where, you know, even where we have like sort of Milton Friedman, we have a monetary economy, we use cash. Right. You want to say that I don't want to be part of a debt-based system. Right. And you go, well, actually, if you want to read a great book about this, the book is called Debt. (laughs) And the idea, people think that cash came from the need for an intermediary uh, asset where it was like, I want eggs, you want perfume. We don't have those things to give to each other, but we can give this middle thing. There's no evidence that that ever happened. Like cash actually emerged as a way of, of trading the debt of other people, of signing over these notes of indebtedness sort of to the next person who is functionally the lender. And then those became an extremely popular way of managing debts, public and private, as it actually says on a bill. So for me, it goes, I absolutely think that we need to grapple with an economy of indebtedness. And that includes cash. That is not solved by handling your exchanges in cash. So back to the present. Once again, if you have a plan and a budget you already use, that's great. We're not, saying, we're not telling you to change that. However, for those of you that it, it is a fit... There's there's a system here that you can get into and you can kind of work and have some very uh, rewarding benefits. Right. I would also say that the secret here is a level of obsession and planning that if you went to college, you probably haven't experienced since like planning your last two years of courses or trying to figure out how to not have to take that extra term. Or it's like something like that where the card that we love will name is the Chase Sapphire, you can apply your points to travel. The thing where it's really useful is if you do, as with any credit card, a certain amount of spending in you know a certain time frame, then you get some kick of points that you can use for a trip. And if you plan and you, you, you just do your normal spending, but in a like a closely scheduled way, those bonuses are never very hard to hit, actually. Right. And people that do these systems, there's lots of great websites with lots of great instruction. There's a massive rabbit hole you can fall down. It's really interesting. However, at its most basic level, the theory is this. If you're already spending this money and you want to shift from a debit card to a credit card, you will get points for the, that money you're spending. And those points go towards flights. And all of a sudden... You are not bound to your town that has no bodies of water, but you can fly to the coast or to see family or somewhere even further. And like something becomes possible without actually needing to make any more money. Yeah. I always wonder when I talk uh, to people about this, whether someday I'm just going to redact it all. Yeah, seriously. But 
at the same time, if I look at the last three years for M&I, with only one exception of a small trip, the only way that we have managed to go see friends of ours that live out of the state, visit family, has been using credit card points to buy flights. Otherwise, right now, it literally wouldn't be in the budget for us, but the budget is there. The budget is in service of our priorities, and as a consequence, we're often able once or twice a year to go see people. Right. This is one of those things where it's like we, we give all of these disclaimers because it's like recommending a really great scotch. There are people out there that don't like alcohol and they're not interested. There are people out there that just don't like that kind of alcohol and they're not interested. There are people out there that cannot touch or get near alcohol because of their past history, because of the way their body responds. And like those are those are fine. We're not saying that everybody now needs to only drink this scotch. That's my metaphor for the credit cards. That being said, like if it's if you're the right fit for it, my gosh, like tell me you have seen Southwest deals where you can fly somewhere for like $45 if you happen to be in the right city and you want to go visit a friend. You got 50 bucks. You're not doing anything for the weekend. This actually could be a fantastic way for some spontaneous joy. Yeah, this is a funny one. We sort of, in our own conversation, got caught in an eddy here that was worth, you know, some other comments on. But this is extremely basic. And because it's basic, I've used it and many of my friends have used it. Probably already know which airlines use cities that are important to you as a hub. Go ahead and sign up for that airline's emails. It's like a basic thing to get notified by their crazy deals. And there is a section on every airline that I visit has a section of what is a current deal as they're trying to fill seats in a limited time frame. And because of that, Em and I were able to visit Washington for $50 tickets. Right now we could fly to Seattle for $90. A friend visited me from Southern California and it was 80 bucks. And the, what we love about that is there are probably relationships that are very important to you uh, with people who are not in the same city as you. In the course of a summer, uh, with a little effort, it's actually pretty easy to see that person. And Em and I have just decided that each summer that is worth $100 to us and, and the effort of a weekend to sort of stoke the relational fire. Yes, there's a little bit of digging to find which airline that services that airport has the best deal and how do we, you know, make sure we don't get dinged with all those additional fees. They're so skilled at dinging with, take some dodging, but as a relational thing, it is very much worth it. One other thing here, in the summertime, when we're talking about these things, the issue of spending always comes up. And a few things sort of float to the surface to me that are tactical. And one is, I love asking people, why are you using the bank that you're using? And like the reason, in most cases, was a great reason five to 10 years ago. Uh, but the reason doesn't count anymore. And I just want to go, man, first of all, your bank. If the rate interest rate on the savings account is nowhere near the rate of inflation, you should probably, in most cases, switch at least the bank where you're saving and probably your checking account are. And if you're looking for a little wiggle room this summer and you don't have a compelling reason beyond convenience to keep banking with the place you're banking, it is not difficult to do a quick search engine 
search for new account bonuses at banks currently, just in the window where you're looking. Done this a few times, most most notably uh, some great success arbitraging in Canada of opening a new bank, including direct deposit, switching over to it for some bonus of between two and $400, which then simply becomes that season, that summer or that falls, uh, yes, maybe project money, but more likely joy money to make uh, some more opportunities open up in the course of a, you know, a three or four month period. Lots more to say about that. We have an article about it, but we can't not say, speaking of money and wishing you had more, why are you making the decisions about the money that you already have right now? And is this a good season to revisit some of those? Right. I mean, that, that whole tangent in credit cards and banking is about the means to go do these adventures. And for you longtime listeners, you will know that we are not the kind of people that want you on social media, that love the world. And so that we would recommend signing up for email notifications from an airline should be taken into consideration in the context where we don't want any spam from the world and we don't want any just normal passive participation in things. And so in that context, I think those uh, recommendations actually stand out as a little bit odd and therefore worth considering. Something that I've been learning this summer as we shift, um, I can be very fixated on the goal of an adventure, the the destination of a drive, long or short. Um, I get tunnel vision. And in the past, I've been able to kind of punish myself. Like if I'm going on a long trip, uh, flights, going somewhere, like I won't eat because I know that if I skip buying food at the airport, I'm going to save a bunch of money because it's overpriced and it's not going to make me feel good anyway. And I can kind of get into this Spartan, ascetic, like I can withstand suffering to get where I need to go mentality. That doesn't really work anymore, which is great because it's causing me to recognize that I've been motivated by this for a long time. And it's causing me to learn this new, I say learn because I haven't learned it yet. I'm learning this new way of being where I am okay with disruption. And I also can see a trip large or small as something to be enjoyed as it's happening. Um, This is not the journey as the destination type mentality. This is the example from a couple weeks ago family went on a four hour drive and normally I am not stopping if people have to pee. I'm not stopping for food. I am not stopping to check out towns. Like I'm stopping for gas. And if you want to get into the bathroom and back in the car, by the time I filled up the gas tank, then that is okay. But do not stop me. That is so unkind now to my family. And I've been learning like, okay, what if my posture instead is let's bring a picnic. Let's pick someplace beautiful along this way that this is not, this now drive isn't in the way of my joy, but that I actually can kind of find the hack, the, the moment on this trip that is worth doing the drive for and stop for an hour or two and enjoy it and take the pressure off and let disruption not be so big of a deal. That's a huge one. The way that Em and I have named that is looking at a trip in front of us and going, how do we treat this as Sabbath? And it's been a dramatic shift to, you know, we make the same for our drive, like pretty recently the other side of the state. And we've had to like really shift 
into what does what would it look like to make this drive Sabbath? And maybe you are kind of like a stress traveler or planner and the things that are additional in summer all carry like just a level of anxiety that diminishes the joy. I invite the question of what would it look like to go, this is Sabbath, this drive is Sabbath, this uh, planning for the camping trip, this opportunity to fly and visit your family, whatever it is, this is Sabbath. And I will find a shift in me of, oh, this isn't scarcity, work, a hurdle in the way. How do I get my heart in a posture where I'm open to beauty here? And just some basic things. One thing that you named, Em and I on trips will always look for a body of water. That's even part of the journey. If it's a road trip, which we count as anything basically longer than an hour with a kid kind of becomes a road trip, we'll go, like, is there ice cream along the way that we can, you know, stop? We usually split a malt, big malt fan. But what can we do to sort of aggressively get in this posture of this is joy, this sort of in-between, this having to make another run to the hardware store to finish that project we started, this is Sabbath if it's in the slot that we've elected to treat as Sabbath. And there are things that you can do moving your heart first to then make that a reality. Yeah, I'm so struck by the similarity between this and conversations we've had around initiation where things that feel like they're getting in the way, things that feel like inconveniences or disruptions, I don't like and I want to get them out of the way. And for things like a car radiator, that is an invitation for some initiation and some growing for me. In the case of a road trip or somebody needing to stop the car sooner or something happening, like that is a disruption. And I want to be the kind of person who, when that happens, I have like a generous heart and spirit where I go, that's fine. And actually I'm noticing beautiful things and joyful things and inviting others to see those as well, rather than someone who's fixated on inconvenience and doesn't do things because it's going to be too taxing. Like, I don't want to be that guy. Here's a summer hack. It's not too late. Seize the moment. Carpe diem thing for you. Learn how to play spike ball. If you don't know already, if you do, that's great. But for both of you types of people, Keep a spike ball set in your car. Bust that thing out at birthday parties, when you're hanging out with some friends, after church, who cares? It is so much fun and it, but come on. Spike ball, you can also send me sets now for free because I gave you a shout out. That's so nice of them. The last one that I would throw in here then is think like a mom, which is a mindset I'm you know increasingly familiar with by way of observation, but... What this means is free, cheesy joy. Not just the summer free concert series, which most cities inevitably have, but this, there's been so much uh, low stakes, low barrier of entry joy this summer just by going, does the library in our area have an adult summer reading program where they give you the list of novels and you get patches and pins for reading them? That's super dumb on the one hand. On the other hand, it's super awesome because someone gives you a reading list and prizes, both of which are silly, low stakes fun. And just that think like a mom category is obviously this is our season. And it's been fun to invite people 
for whom this isn't their season into the process of, hey, did you see that flyer for, you know, $5 ticket rodeo night? We should go. Did you see that the fair is coming? We should go. Did you see that they're doing the fair this year in Colorado Springs has the butterfly experience and we will be there. So when you say think like a mom, you use that as a compliment, like a huge compliment. Don't let your, your ego or how cool you think you are get in the way of actually doing things that are fun. Yeah. Get over yourself. Cause there's actually some stuff that will be pretty lame on the one hand, on the other, get all kinds of fun. If you're willing to start looking around for what's happening that I'm allowed to go to that I might normally overlook that I could use as setting to, invite some people into and do something unusual. So that's what we got. Uh, There's probably so many ideas that could fall into this category, but the general challenge and posture of this podcast is where is it's too late or I'm behind getting in the way these days of getting to joy and engaging what's around you and probably inviting those around you into it. We hope that some of these ideas have maybe landed or inspired and that you might try some of them or that you might do something that it's made you think of. But either way, it's still summer. Go get it. 